0: Gamecock Nation, welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. What's up, y'all? And welcome back for the second episode of the week for the Cocky on Saturday podcast. Today, we'll be breaking down our first three opponents of the season over the next roughly four weeks here leading up to game one. We're going to be breaking down the full 12 game schedule for the season of course. The bias of me thinks we're going 12 and 0, but we're gonna be realistic. We're gonna provide some predictions, and you know if you guys think differently, let me know. Hit me up on social media at Cocky on Saturday on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. So that's where you can find me. Let's kick it off with game one on September 2nd at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. College game day is on tap. We're taking on UNC and Mac Brown and Drake May. Certainly, maybe a tougher task than you know if you eyeballed the UNC team 10 years ago. They have turned into a pretty solid football program. I'd, I'd probably say the third best team in the ACC, right there behind Clemson and FSU. As Mac Brown enters his fifth year here, you know, and they're coming off of a nine and five season, a season in which they actually started nine and one, but they did end it off with a four game skid there. It was ugly and You know, their offense started to show some weaknesses. I think if you're the Gamecocks, if you're Shane Beamer going to this game, you got to feel good about your chances, you know, be able to go back to that tape and identify those weak points and take advantage of it. At the same time, you have to be aware that they're addressing that all offseason long, that they're going to be on top of it, that they are going to shore up their offensive line and the other weak points there. Come September 2nd, both teams are going to be ready. Both teams are going to be out for blood. Both teams are going to be wanting to start the season with a statement win. So it's going to be anybody's game. You know, you can't just assume because they ended the year on four losses that they're not at the same level as us. This is going to be a tough game. We need to go in there, get our business done, and come out with a win. With the offense for UNC, they do have a new offensive coordinator, Chip Lindsley. So always interesting to see when a new offensive system is coming in. Obviously, we have our new system with Loggins. We're going to see two new variations of both offenses on September 2nd. We're going to find out a lot about these teams. So that is exciting. But UNC does have Drake May. Yeah, We have Spencer Rattler. This is why college game day is going to Charlotte. It's the quarterback duel. These are two guys that are projected to be first-round picks. Drake May is projected to be the number two pick overall. But we did see the game plan to bother him at the end of last season, and that was getting pressure. Their offensive line broke down at the end of the season. Even Georgia Tech was able to get some pressure against them, and that's how they ultimately came away with the win against UNC, is they got to Drake May, got him... Pressured and were able to create turnovers and come out with a win in that game. A bit of news coming out on Tuesday this week is actually a huge hurt to that UNC offense. Star wide receiver and transfer Tez Walker's eligibility has been denied by the NCAA. They are appealing it, but as it stands right now, he will not be able to play in week one in Charlotte, which certainly helps us. You know, I never wish that on any team, but you know. As far as being able to match up with their guys, that's going to help us a lot. You know, it doesn't mean Dial has to stay on him all game. We can move him around as needed. And outside of Walker, there's not really too many playmakers that scare me. Drake May scares me a lot, and he's going to be able to make wide receivers look a whole lot better than maybe they actually are and put guys in the right spot. But they don't have a great run game. Their offensive line is shaky at best. They have some smaller guys on that front. I think this is going to be a game that our defensive line can win or lose it for us. Not only do we need to get pressure, but we need to abuse that offensive line, be able to stop the run, and you know create a statement defensive win. Because the knock on Beamer to this point has been, we cannot stop the run. So now we're going up against a smaller offensive line, a weaker running back room. We need to go out, get our business done, and have a big win for the defensive line a big win for this team on the defensive side of the ball they do struggle a lot they let up some points but they've been able to overcome that with an elite offense being able to score a lot of points the defensive line struggled to get pressure out all last season they are bringing back a handful of guys they're hoping that those guys can take a big step this year And then the secondary looked very weak, but those two things kind of go hand in hand. The more pressure you get, the better your secondary looks. You know, you can't guard a guy for five, 10 seconds. (laughs) At some point they're going to get open. So, you know, we need, our offensive line needs to do a good job protecting Spencer. And at the same time, sounds like there's a couple guys in that secondary that we might be able to take advantage of in one-on-one coverage. They did bring in a lot of transfers in that secondary. So, you know, you never know. You got to be ready and be able to look at some of that tape and figure out where your matchups are. And with all that on their defense, they do have one of the best linebackers in the country, Cedric Gray. So don't discount this defense at all. That's a guy that has a knack for finding the ball carrier and being able to get some turnovers. So we have to be ready for him, have to have our eye on him, hit him early if he's coming down the gap. I think this is a defense that we're going to be able to have some success against, and you just need to be smart. We need to protect the football, don't do anything stupid, and ultimately win this game in the trenches. They have a smaller O-line, they have a weaker D-line. We need to be able to win those matches, matchups up front, and that's going to be the recipe for success there. In this game, I am predicting us to win. If I had to put a score on it, I think we're going to put up 35 points and be able to hold them to actually under 20. I think it's going to be 35 to 17 is my guess. So that's where I have us right now. Obviously, a lot of things can change. That's not to say this won't be a battle and a grind. I think it's just one of those games that is going to open up a little bit at the end. but. I think for probably the better part of three quarters, it's going to be a lot of back and forth. And again, we need a win in the trenches, wear them down, and be able to capitalize on their mistakes. Moving on to the home opener, we do have a little bit of an easier start at williams Bryce this season. We are playing against Furman, an FCS team, but don't take this matchup too lightly. Obviously, we are fully expected to go in there and get a win, and you know the line's probably going to be at plus 30 or something like that, but this is the number five FCS team in the country. They're bringing back 18 starters, 8 on offense. They have 10 starters coming back on defense. So they really are no joke. They're expecting to have a huge year, very successful season. And you know it's going to be a pretty solid challenge for us. But at the same time, we need to go in there, get our business done, come out with a huge win at the home opener. Willie B is going to be rocking. So I'm excited for that one. And it's a night game. On offense for Furman, you'll see quarterback Tyler Huff. He's a fifth-year graduate quarterback coming back with all his weapons at the wide receiver position, and they were a very high-scoring offense at the end of the year. I believe they put up 60 points against one of the teams right at the tail end of the season. So they're going to have some explosive playmakers. Again, we just need to make sure guys aren't getting behind us, and you know, we're playing very smart on the defensive side of the ball. Also, as with any FCS team, they're going to be a little bit smaller up front. Our defensive line needs to take a full advantage of that. On the defensive side of the ball, again, they are returning 10 starters. They were the number 10 FCS scoring defense in the country last season. And they're great against the run. I believe they finished top 20, but they did not rank well against the pass. So expect Rattler to be able to essentially have a field day, you know, be able to get his receivers open. We're going to be a lot bigger than them on the outside and with our tight ends, and so that's where it seems like we're going to be able to find a weakness in that firm of defense and be able to take advantage. In that game, if I had to put a score on it, I'm probably going towards about I'd say 49 you know, scoring seven touchdowns. Hey, we put up more than that against Tennessee. So I think that's realistic. And I think our goal in that game is to hold them to 10 points. You know, I don't want to see more than one touchdown. I know an explicit play may happen and, you know, I'll give them one score, but outside of that, I don't want to see two touchdowns happen. So my predictions can be 49 to 10, leaving the Gamecocks at two and zero. After week two with two big wins over UNC and Furman. Finally, we'll jump into the hardest part of our first three weeks. Going down to Sanford in Athens, Georgia against the number one Bulldogs and back-to-back national champions. Listen, I'm not here to be an all-out homer. I'd love to think we're going to come away with a win. And trust me, on game day, after a drink a couple, I'm going to full faith that we're going to go out and get that W. But, you know, if we're actually mapping out the projection for the season, I'm going to have us ending up at 2-1 and one at the end of week three. I think that would be a very successful start. What I'm looking for in that Georgia game, though, is, you know, how how do we fare? How close are we to closing that gap? Are, are we in the conversation? Obviously, we beat Tennessee. We beat Clemson at the end of last year. Can we extend that into this season and continue to be competent and competitive against these top teams in college football and sure georgia lost a lot i know there's a lot of writers out there saying could this be the end of their run and you know where are they going to end up georgia's bigger than any one player this is a roster that's built to compete they're deep at every single position there's a reason why they're putting You know, multiple five-star running backs on the field almost every year. You know, we joke and we look back at Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle. They were all there at the same time. The reason being is Georgia just recruits like crazy. They have guys that are ready to step up, and this year's going to be no different. Carson Beck is taking over at quarterback this season alongside new offensive coordinator Mike Bobo, a name you might recognize because not too long ago he was calling plays for us. If you look back to that time, though, not many people were too thrilled with Mike Bobo. So, you know, it's a little bit of a slower pace offense. You know, he utilizes a fullback, and obviously they're still going to use pieces that they've been excelling at in years past. But, you know, if they're bringing some of that Bobo offense, it's going to be kind of run it down your throat and use that offensive line to their advantage. The key in that game, if we want to have a chance, is stopping the run. It starts right there. And then beyond that, it's not like their passing game is no joke. They have probably the number one player in the entire country in tight end, Brock Bowers. Stands at six foot five. I, I don't even know how much he weighs. He is a huge human being and he's super athletic. And on the outside, uh, Lad McConkey is obviously back, one of their best wide receivers. And they did bring in Dominic Lovett. From Missouri, their best wide receiver of last season he came over in this transfer portal so their offense is most multifaceted and they're going to be able to throw the ball they're going to be able to run the ball but I think for us it's going to start with stopping the run limiting that part of their offense and then letting our playmakers in the secondary hopefully be able to take over and make some plays if I had to put a score on this one again i I'd love to make my homer pick here but I do think they are going to come out with a win. My biggest key is we need to play it close. I think this one's going to end up about 35 to 24. I really wouldn't hate that outcome. As long as it's going back and forth throughout the game, you know, we're within striking distance. And, you know, again, I just want to prove that we're able to play with these guys and we're not getting blown out like we've kind of seen some previous years. That is going to wrap it up for our matchup preview here of weeks one through three. Again, I think we're coming out of that 2-1 and one with a very successful game against Georgia, a game that we're in it all the way, and that's going to set us up for success for the rest of the season. We'll be back again next week bringing you guys more updates from training camp along with outlining weeks four through six of the season. Guys, let me know what you, where you think we are going to end up after those first three games. I think 2-1 and one is very realistic, and I'll be happy if we're sitting there. Hey, if we're 3-0, I'm ecstatic. Either way, I cannot wait for this football season to come. It cannot come soon enough. And so I appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back again next week. And until then, go Cox.